Hey everyone, and welcome to the Soul Anchor Podcast, where together we'll discover how to stay anchored in a storm and how to thrive. I've invited some friends that I deeply admire and whose authentic stories will encourage you to embrace hope when the waves crash. These are friends who have navigated some fairly deep waters of unthinkable circumstances, but they've arrived back on shore resilient and strong. We will also have a segment, what I call Anchor Coaching, We'll all answer your questions about what to do and how to stand strong in a storm and give some practical helps on how to navigate that. And we'll also be talking about just some fun things like staying sane, how to keep our sense of humor, how to stay distracted, so to speak, from the heaviness of the storm. And so hopefully that will be an encouragement to you as well. So I am your host, Cynthia Cavanaugh, and I am so glad you are here. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Soul Anchor podcast. And this week, we are going to have some anchor thoughts, and I'm just going to keep it real. The struggle is real. And when we are supposed to be doing things and living out our calling and keep putting one foot in front of the other and life gets hard, wow, it's just tough to keep it going sometimes. Well, today I just want to talk about some things that have been going on in my life the last few weeks and just give you a little insight into what God has been teaching me through the story of Moses and the children of Israel at the Red Sea. And I did talk about this a little bit last month, but I just want to share a little bit more. I've just been kind of living in this story as I have been walking through some things the last um, couple of months. And in particular, you've heard me share about my dad and having to help my dad transition to the next chapter of his life and Oh, I tell you, it is not easy. It is hard. But no matter what we're going through with hard things, you know, we have to remember, we have to remember that we don't have to do it alone. And so often I know I'm a firstborn driven, want to be self-sufficient, think I can do it without help. But knowing that time and time again, I'm finding myself, you know, crying out to God, asking him to help me just to be able to take the next step in front of me as we help my dad. And as we work within the family to try to, you know, not everybody always agrees on how to do things. And so trying to come to that happy place and also to help my dad transition has been kind of a challenge. And in the middle of that as well, you know, just trying to do put one foot in front of the other of what God's called us to do what he's called me to do in this season of my life and and that is continue to write and develop uh, the ministry of trying to encourage others to thrive in the midst of adversity and once you know it you know I'm learning lessons every day about that as I try to encourage you and others through writing and speaking and teaching and this podcast So, you know, as we know this all familiar story of staying at the Red Sea, you know, God called Moses to lead the children of Israel out from Egypt, out from their bondage, out from their slavery, and he led them into the wilderness, so to speak. He didn't take them through the shortcut, which we learned. He took them through 
the way of the wilderness and he had them specifically as it says in scripture camp at a certain spot and if you remember that i said several weeks ago that they didn't know that egypt was coming after them they didn't know that pharaoh had changed his mind they didn't know that he was going to send his best chariots and warriors after them to come round them up and bring them back to egypt they had no idea they thought they were on the road to freedom, celebrating their deliverance and being able to be a free people. And they're being led by God, right? The, the Bible talks about God leads them during the day with a pillar of cloud and at night with a pillar of fire. So they're following this God that they've really just heard about. They, they, they were practicing, you know, what it meant to be, um, God followers to follow Yahweh, Jehovah, their God is in being captive in the land of Egypt. So they didn't have a lot of frame of reference of maybe even trust because they were so immersed in the Egyptian culture. And so this was new for them, kind of being out on their own and leaning on God um, to be able to help them. And so as they're out there, they get towards the Red Sea and they hear those hoofbeats, they hear the chariots rumble and they know what's coming. They realize what's coming and they're scared to death. And God reassures them through Moses that he's going to fight the battle for them, that they just have to be still and trust God. But here they are, the Red Sea, they're stuck. You know, there's nowhere for them to go. And except through the sea, but they didn't know that, right? They didn't know that just then what God was going to do, but they had to trust him. And isn't that so much how we might find ourselves sometimes in life? There's circumstances that happen that we find ourselves in that very place. We find ourselves being led. We're following God faithfully, trusting him for what's happening in our life or for a calling or a dream or something that we're wanting that we think that he wants us to fulfill in our life and we're following him one yes at a time and then we find ourselves stuck at the end of the red sea by the red sea camped out in the wilderness wondering what god's doing and looking all around and not seeing any way of escape and it just feels really really hard and you know that's kind of been if i could put on a scale from one to ten the last couple of weeks that's kind of where i've been at so it was a very difficult and emotional week last week as we had to have these hard conversations with my dad and just so sad right just so sad having to help him understand that he just can't live on his own any longer and he's a very independent person and i put myself in his shoes if my kids came to me i would be devastated as well and so when we find ourselves in situations, when we are up against the wall, so to speak, we're up against the Red Sea, our back is up there and we're wondering just what God is up to. And yet we have, we're, we're putting one foot in front of the other. So what do we do when we find that our life is kind of messy at the moment, but God has called us at the same time to step out of the boat and into our particular giftings and callings? You know, our hands are clammy, our heart is racing, and we know we're supposed to be obedient, but we don't know what that looks like. And so we're waiting and we see, we get terrified, right? We, we see what's ahead or we can't see what's ahead or we can't see our way through, humanly speaking. And so here's what I've, what I've been learning. And I shared this at a writer's conference a couple of weeks ago, but here's what God showed me in this story is just three things. 
When you find yourself up against the wall, stuck at the Red Sea, so to speak, what do we do? There's three things I want to share with you today. Do it afraid, do the next thing, and do it now. Do it afraid. Now, the Bible says that the Israelites were terrified, you know, and also there's so many other stories in the Bible that exemplify this kind of terror where others were terrified. Gideon was terrified before he defeated the Midianites. Remember, he's the one that had to put the fleece out to see if he really was supposed to go up and fight the Midianites, really where God was going to deliver him. Esther was terrified when she had to approach her husband, the king. She wasn't just allowed to go in there and say, hey, honey, I need a favor. She had to be summoned and called, and she hadn't been summoned in a long time. And so she took a big step of faith because that meant her, her petitioning her husband and letting him, her, him know what was going on and speaking on behalf of her own people, the Jews. She was terrified when she had to approach her husband, the king. Mary was terrified when she found out she was pregnant with Jesus when the angel visited her. Yes, she was afraid. She listened and she rejoiced and she even had a song about it, but she still was terrified. I'm sure if we would sit down and talk to her, she was afraid. What was, it, what was gonna happen? How would God deliver her in that situation and her reputation and all of that? Joseph was afraid, he was terrified. If you study any of the biblical characters, you will know that they at one point in their season of their calling was they were terrified, but God reminded them that he is the great I am. You know, one of my mentors from afar, she's a speaker, teacher, um, great uh, Bible teacher, Jill Briscoe. She's written several books, uh, 40 books. And one time I had the privilege of spending some time with her for a few days and she was talking about being afraid, how God had called her to do certain things that she just had to learn that just to do it afraid. And that's just stuck with me for all these years. And what I've learned in that is that we will never, I will never get unstuck if I don't put one foot in front of the other, or in this case, you know, when we're talking about stepping into what God's asking us to do, maybe it's a calling, maybe it's a dream, maybe it's, you know, taking a step of faith and doing something that you've never done before. Um, we just have to, we're going to get, oh, we're only going to get unstuck if we put one foot in front of the other. Can I tell you a little secret about me? <laughs> For me, I am terrified every time I have a writing deadline. Now I've written several books and I get terrified. And right now I do have a significant writing deadline. I'm writing a Bible study. I'm super excited about it. I'm passionate about it. I've been thinking about it for a few years, but I have a publishing deadline. And the thoughts that go through my head are, who am I to write about this? How can I write about it when I'm feeling like I'm stuck at the Red Sea with all these circumstances, uncontrollable circumstances that are happening? And, but God keeps reassuring me in the midst of this, just, just do it afraid. When I sit down to write, he's going to deliver me and he will help me. And I try to remember that because I know that this is what he wants me to do in this season of my life. And even though I have these other things that are happening with my dad and just me helping him make these transitions and it's emotionally taxing. I'm learning lots through this, and I know that God is teaching me through this, and as I'm being pressed, I know that it's going to come through, 
in greater insight and revelation as I write this. And so I'm hanging on to that, just do it afraid. And you know, the noise of the enemy of the Egyptian soldiers was deafening to the Israelites. And Moses stood by that Red Sea with all those hordes of people. And I'm sure their adrenaline was rushing as that sound got louder and louder. And they even could see the dust being kicked up from the wilderness. Now they were not only hearing it, but soon they would, they would see it with their own eyes that they were about to be trampled and run down by Pharaoh's army and rounded up. So what do you feel when those walls are closing in on you like the Israelites? So what's the next thing? You do it afraid and then you do the next thing. Another one of my heroes of the faith is Elizabeth Elliot, and she has been mentioned to, to be one of the most influential, significant Christian women of the 20th century. And she was one of five uh, couples that went to the jungles of Ecuador to reach an, an unreached people to share Jesus with this unreached tribe that had very little contact, if any, with the outside world. And when, when her husband and four other men went to reach these, this tribe, they were murdered by the, these Indians in the Ecuador jungle. And in her suffering, she says in her book, in her autobiography, I mean, her, her book that Ellen Vaughn wrote about, it's called Becoming Elizabeth. It's a great book. And what she has excerpts from her journal and she said that what she learned during that time in the jungles of Ecuador, after her husband died, she learned just how to do the next thing. And later on, when she was betrayed by a fellow missionary and had to leave the work she loved in the jungle, trying to fulfill her husband's dream, but it just wasn't working, she did the next thing that God put in front of her. And even the simple things of she talked about even you know, just how to take care of things in the home and, and how to, how to, you know, repair the generator and all these things that she was overwhelmed with that her husband used to do. God was just saying to her, do the next thing. And here's what she said in one of her journals. Elizabeth says this, he leads us right on through, right up to the threshold of heaven. He does not say to us ever, here it is. In other words, here's your calling. Here's your gifting. Here's what you're supposed to do. He only says, here am I, fear not, here am I, that God's presence is near us. In other words, it isn't about the result of making it through or surviving or thriving or living out our gifts or calling what God's asking us to do. It's about finding Jesus in the middle of it, in the process and letting him lead us so that we get unstuck and that's the key. And I, and I love that when I read that in this book, Becoming Elizabeth and hearing her heart as Ellen Vaughn, the author, wrote about her observations from her journal and the stories of how Elizabeth lived out that part of her life. It was so evident. It, it just, it wasn't about even her going to the jungle. It wasn't about her reaching those Indians. It wasn't even about translating the language. It was about finding Jesus and being more like him in the process of what he's called her to do. So the only way that we let him lead us and get us unstuck is the last thing, do it now. So first do it afraid, do the next thing and do it now. Yes, standing by the Red Sea, can you imagine, would be terrifying. It would be absolutely terrifying and waiting. But God says, do it now. When God calls, he expects our obedience, doesn't he? He expects us to respond. 
And sometimes we lag a little. If you're like me, sometimes I lag a lot. We look around, we overthink it. We're, we're anxious and we're worried. And when God says now, we need to act. And listen to what he told Moses after he gives them this great promise that he will deliver them from the enemy. So first, God says to them through Moses, he says, don't be afraid, stand firm, and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. And I have this verse up in my office that the Lord will fight for me. I need only be still. But here's the do it now part. In verse 15, then God says to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. So God doesn't always want us just, just to be still and wait and watch for him to fight for us. He does fight for us. But there are also times he tells us, as he did the Israelites, to move on. Do it now. Do it afraid. Do the next thing. Do it now. In other words, get going. Because we're going to miss the opportunity to see God's glory if we don't get moving. And that's what the Israelites saw. And I really believe, as I've looked at this passage, that God planted them specifically there to that they found themselves stuck so that they could see his power in his glory and trust him even greater. So let's not stay stuck by the shore of the Red Sea, bogged down in our dark circumstances, whatever might be happening, whatever adversity we might be finding ourselves on. We need to get going. We need to get moving. We need to put one foot in front of the other as God reveals that to us. So let me encourage you today to keep on in the midst of the struggle, okay? In the midst of the heart. And that's what I'm gonna do. I just gotta take it a day at a time. I just got back um, from visiting my dad with my sister. And we said that over and over to each other to encourage each other. We just have to take it a day at a time and do the next thing that God shows us to do. And not be paralyzed by fear, not be paralyzed by worry, not be paralyzed by being anxious, but trusting God and following him one yes at a time. And because God has called us, God has called us to live above our circumstances that we can be more than conquerors in Christ Jesus, as the book of Romans talks about, that we can do it afraid, right? God says, fear not, he's with us. So we just go ahead and do it, even if we're feeling afraid. And we do the next thing, just the right next thing that God puts in front of your face, in front of my face. Just do that next thing. Sit down. Um, for me, sit down, be terrified. Just sit down, open my computer, and just start writing. Do the next thing. For you, it might look like something different, some calling, some step, some phone call you need to make. That might be the next thing. It might be visiting someone. That might be the next thing. It might mean filling out an application. That might be the next thing that God's asking you to do. And do it now. So let me just share with you as we wrap up here our anchor thoughts, Hebrews 10, 35, and 36, which says, Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward for you have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. So don't throw away your confidence, everyone. Let's not throw away our confidence. Let's do it afraid. Let's do the next thing and let's do it now. 
hope you are encouraged today and that if you see yourself stuck at the Red Sea, you don't have to be stuck at the Red Sea. So let me pray with you today. And I just, I just want to pray over you and just pray that wherever you might find yourself, maybe you're right in verse 14, where you're just hearing what God is saying to you, fear not that he's going to fight your battle. And or maybe you've been sitting there for a little bit and now God is saying you're kind of living in between verse 14 and 15 of Exodus 14 and God's saying, hey, why are you crying out to me? Get moving. Do the next thing. Wherever you're at, I am going to believe that God is going to give you exactly what you need to have victory and to claim his peace and hope over your life during this time of whatever you're facing. So God, I just thank you for your word. I thank you that your word is strong. It is sharp. It pierces down to the very heart of what we need. And it gives us the courage to do what we need to do. And God, I don't know what my listeners are facing, but God, this is just a really weird and hard time season for a lot of people, for a lot of us, God, we're kind of tired. We're kind of weary and of all that our new normal that we've had to adopt and we, and just so many, so much loss in this time as well. And so God, I just pray that you would infuse courage and hope and strength as we stand next to the Red Sea, waiting, just waiting, God, trusting you and putting our foot, one foot in front of the other to see your glory and power in our life for what you want to accomplish in and through us. So God, I just pray, I pray for my listeners. I pray that you would give them the courage they need today to be brave, to do it afraid, to do the next thing and to do it now. And so I just ask this in your name, amen. Thanks so much for joining me today on The Soul Anchor. Grab a friend and join our community at thesoulanchor.com. That's thesoulanchor.com to receive the show notes and resources to help you through your personal storm. If you've been encouraged today, would you please consider leaving a review, subscribing or sharing this podcast, or maybe even all three? I'd be ever so grateful. Until next time. Remember, you are not alone. God is for you and you will get through this.